Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of Trojan Talk on this very cold, uh, blustery Friday morning here in Saco, Maine. Not very sunny Saco, Maine, but uh, so we have a lot of sports to talk about. It's been since before the uh, the new year. Uh, so we have, again, Zach and Cole here today. Uh, we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about boys basketball first as the boys basketball team is kind of on a roll right now. They just, uh, on, on Wednesday night, they had a big win, or Tuesday night, excuse me, a big win on the road at South Portland, a team that they lost to uh, on the 23rd of December, the game that we broadcasted on TATV. It was a very close game back and forth. Uh, but, uh, Zach, they got, they got the big win coming back uh, on the road in a hostile environment. What do you think that means for their season coming up? I think it's great. I think that this is one of those wins that they really wanted to get. And, um, you know, going into the playoffs, I think, the only team that seemed unbeaten up until that point was South Portland, but to get that win was really big, and they're gonna. I think they're gonna keep mo- going with this momentum. They lost to Portland, unfortunately, so they're still behind South Portland. But um, it, they got a, they got a lot of good games left, and I know we have some broadcasts too, so it'll be fun to watch them play up until uh, the tournament. Yeah, the Portland game is weird because they were on the road again, uh, and the big. It seems like they just didn't shoot the ball well at all because they ended up with like thirty five points or something like that. So. Uh, you know, the Expo can be a weird place to play. I mean, it is kind of a much bigger arena because they have the main Celtics play there. So um, you know, maybe it's just a tough one uh, for them. But, Cole, what have you seen so far this year, you know, the games that we broadcasted? And really this team's on the on the cusp. Is it a good team? Absolutely. It's one of the best teams in AA South. But is it is it a state title contender when you have the likes of South Portland out there and some other teams that are doing well? I think it can be. South Portland was the big measuring stick for TA, and they did it. I mean, they have to be so pumped. That was the game that you circle on your calendar. Uh, Those two games, home and away, they drop the home one, but they go into a hostile environment, as you said, and beat South Portland. Um, Some teams just have a lot of stars. South Portland has a lot of great individuals, but they will never have the team chemistry that TA has. I just think TA did the little things really well against South Portland. Ten offensive rebounds in just the second half. So that just shows you how much they fought. And a couple years ago, they lost twice in the regular season and then went to the Civic Center for the playoffs and beat Sopo. And I just think they they're, they gel really well together, their team, and sometimes South Portland, you know, um, it can be about individuals, but TA just plays really well as a team. They pass well and hit their shots when they need to, and that was just that was the best one of the season by far. Yeah, it is kind of an underrated rival uh, because in other sports, South Portland really TA doesn't they don't really match up in terms of having both having good teams. But basketball again, you go back five or ten years, and and, and South Portland's had some great teams. As you mentioned, they've always. I don't want to say they've choked a lot, South Portland has, but they really have had some great individual players, but just not enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, Zach, for the teams that you've seen, who, besides South Portland, is there any other team that really gives you pause in terms of, you know, on a path to a state championship? Let's just talk about AA South for a second because that's the teams we've seen the most. Really, again, as we saw, it's really segmented into two different sections because the bottom three or four teams are just not good. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's uh, there's not a lot of teams at this point for me. I think the only team I can think about is Edward Little. They have uh, I forget his name. I think it's like John Shea or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. really good, and yeah. it's one of those teams where it's like it's one guy, but I, they haven't played him yet. I, I think they play him at some point later later in uh in their in the regular season. But it's one of those teams where I feel like like they lost to them in the state in the state championship. So it was one of it, you know it wasn't. Uh, a great memory for them, and I'm not sure how they are right now, but looking at how they've played this season, I think Everton's going to be a big matchup for us. Yeah, you know, Shea, I remember, or I forget his last name to be, I think it's Shea, but um, yep. either way, like, I remember that game as seeing him as a sophomore and being mm. like, this is going to be a guy who I'm going to hate in two years just because yep. <laughs> he just did all the dirty work. Like, he was very emotional, and, and he wasn't the best player on that team, but certainly had a factor in their state championship. Well, uh, who better talk about the boys' basketball team than their charismatic 
Uh, I don't want to say leader because he's only a junior, but charismatic point guard, Will mm-hmm. Davies. So we're going to bring Will here for an interview about the boys' basketball team. We want to welcome in Will Davies uh, to our podcast and answer some questions here. So to start the interview, Will, what have been some of your team's successes this season uh, to post such a great record? Uh, mostly it's practices. When we, when we get into practice, the willing for guys to show up that don't even get minutes and work really hard and push all the guys who are getting most of the minutes and mm-hmm. it's that's where the games are won and lost yeah what is it like for you I know you played varsity last year but this year taking a bigger role on the team uh, and helping out so much and, and contributing uh, not only on on the the point side but also just in the total overall game um you know it, it's cool and I had good leaders to show me how to do it like Peyton Jones and mm-hmm. Dylan Griffin they, last year they really took me under the wing and was like, this is kind of how you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was cool to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, it seems like when you get into the lane, your go-to move is the floater. How much do you <laughs> practice that? Because you're really good at it. To be honest, I, I've n- never really practiced it. I kind of just picked it up. And, like, it's one of those moves you, you don't really it's, – it's not a practice move because the coaches don't necessarily like it. <laughs> Um, and, you know, against guys like JP who are so tall, you just kind of have to get a shot up quick, and that's that's kind of where I picked it up. You guys circle the South Portland game on the calendar every year. How much is it? How much does it fire you up to finally beat them? Uh, it's cool. You know, it's it's fun to beat those guys. I play AAU with some of, some of them, so it means a little extra, but it's, at the end of the day, it's just a regular season game, and we're just getting ready for the playoffs. And to finish up, are there any things, games, or certain events you're looking forward to for the rest of the season? Uh, the Hoops for Hope one tomorrow. Yep. It'll be fun. Hopefully it'll be packed. And, you know, it's a charity game, so those are always a little extra fun too. Yeah. All right, we want to thank Will for coming in, and good luck tonight in the game against Gorham. It's also Hoops for Hope, and that's what we're going to talk about here in our next segment. Uh, first, let's and talk about, in general, girls' basketball, because that's what Hoops for Hope kind of revolves around. Up and down season so far for the girls that came in, Zach's prediction for a state championship. Uh, had an up and down season, and, and really when you look at it, there's really been two issues. One is their offense has been very inconsistent, and secondly is COVID has really hit them hard. They've had a lot of uh, people out due to close contacts and being positive, whatever, uh, which all teams have to deal with, but they seem to have been hit more than others. Um, and so I think tonight, uh, talking to Coach Marston, is the first time all year they're going to have their full complement of players. Mm-hmm. So just in general, what have you seen so far from girls' basketball, and do you think, I guess we'll start with Zach, do you really think they're still a state championship contender? I'm going to have to say no. I think that it's not only, you're right, you said the, with COVID and a lot of their star players like Emily Coleman, Hannah Cook, Sulakowski was out for a game, they, they couldn't really play. And I think that when those players aren't in, they aren't winning games. And it's even harder to say that even when they are in, I can't, you know, uh, I would say – commit to the fact that they are going to win. Unfortunately, Sulikowski has had 25-point games, but she's also had three and zero-point games. She just is really inconsistent in that scoring, and when you sort of stop her and you stop the three-point shooting or they aren't shooting well, they can't really score. And that's been their issue so far. And you look at that first Gorham game, lost by a ton of points, and, and I know they were missing a lot of players. So this is going to be a big one for them. I think that a lot of these players take the motivation of Hoops for Hope and kind of push it forward and try to have the best game they can. And I know that the Hoops for Hope game is always fun, so I know everyone's going to be fired up. But uh, it, it's going to be a big one. You know, the record that they have right now, they need to just continue to win to get into a good spot. So it's going to be a big one for them. Yeah, it definitely seems – I mean, they're still in the upper echelon, but when you look at a team like Scarborough, who actually beat Gorham, 
um, yep. earlier this week, which yep. is kind of a big upset, considering yeah. Gorham was up like 11 nothing after one quarter and like 18-3 to three in that game, and somehow Scarborough came back. Uh, but talking to Coach Marshall again, Gorham is a lot about three-point shooting as well, and as you see, in all levels of basketball, if you're a three-point shooting team, you don't make them, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Cole, any, any extra thoughts on there, like what you've seen, or any players you think you know are looking for, to step up, I guess, and, and, and they're going to have a good record at the end of the year, but to make a run in the playoffs? Well, of course, they started off hot. They won their first five games, and but now they've only won two of their last five. They lost three in a row there. But uh, what a great opportunity to get your season back on track against the number one team in Class AA South. I know Gorham blew them out first, but uh, they weren't fully healthy and all their players weren't there. And we think that tonight that will be the case. So it's going to be a really good game. And they have the shooters and uh, the playmakers to knock off Gorham. And I think they can get their season back on track. They're just going to have to fight. And it'll be a really big upset if they win. Yeah, one big thing, obviously. Well, it's going to be a big crowd. That's that's one guarantee yep. because it's Hoops for Hope. Let's talk about Hoops for Hope. Now, I think this is their sixth year doing it. So basically, again, if you don't know, Hoops for Hope is a cancer fundraiser where a portion of the proceeds of the tickets, plus they do a ton of fundraising. Um, they sell raffle tickets. They sell merchandise. They do a lot of stuff at the game itself. And um, just want to get your guys' thoughts on, on what Hoops for Hope has meant to you as a student, as you've gone, in, or maybe even before you were a high school student, and what do you know about it, and, and why, is it such a, why is it such a big game? I think it's such a big game because all of the players and coaches and the people involved really close to the TA community take it really seriously. I think really in the last few years, I've learned more about like how much money they raise. They raise a ton of money and they do so much. And it's not just like an obligation. It's something that they love to do and they like to do it every year. And I think it's really awesome that we get to have a game this year where our fans can come. And I know everyone's going to be excited. And I know we got it's a quadruple header. And so it's going to be a big Fun packed night. I hope both teams get a win. That's I think that's something that will push both these uh, teams forward with the rest of the rest of the season. Yeah, cool. I mean, I think the boys are probably fired up to finally get a chance to play in the Hoops for Hope game. But yeah, I mean, the whole community really loves it. It's kind of the game of the year. It's going to be packed. Uh, you see everybody around this time wearing Hoops for Hope sweatshirts. I know I have mine, and uh, it's just a really really fun night. Yeah, it's interesting because you know this year the you know girls basketball team doesn't really have a JV team. They've had mm-hmm. so many issues with participation, but also COVID and stuff that most games they've been playing haven't had JV. So it kind of worked out where you can now have four games, like I said, a quadruple yeah. header. So hopefully Gary Stevens will have everything running on time tonight. So it's there will all, be a little yeah. yeah there will be a little ceremony before the girls game at six thirty, which we'll have on TATV. We're we're broadcasting both the varsity boys and uh, girls and then boys games as well. It'll be a late night here, uh, but uh, you know it'll be it'll be a good uh, good thing. So if, again, if you want more information before tonight, uh, you can donate at any time. You know the raffle tickets unless you're in person tonight you can't buy any raffle tickets uh and same with the merchandise uh if you want to just donate you can go to hoopsforhopemain.com so check out our broadcast tonight if you can't make it there so good luck then to the girls basketball team and boys tonight and hopefully again as we say many times in the broadcast tonight the biggest part of tonight win or lose is about raising a lot of money yep uh on that okay so just talking uh, another sports update boys hockey again big game against st dom's the other night uh they got the win four to three not as easy as everyone thought you know going into that game but st dom's had what one win going into that game Zero wins. Zero wins. So they're they winless, yep. which is weird because they're a perennial power. I mean, they've had a ton of great, uh, yeah. uh, great games in the past. So what, what, uh, what happens, Zach? I mean, you broadcasted that game. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think uh, the one thing that uh, me and Mr. Pulsifer talked about in that game was it was more of a trap game for Thorn Academy. Like this team's not that great, but they've got nothing to lose. They're gonna, they're gonna play as hard as they can. And Tate took an early three nothing lead, and it ended up turning out they scored a couple goals. And they've got a guy, Arvid Anderson, who I don't even think should be playing it for. St. Dom's. He's like six foot three. He's faster than everybody else, and he scored a couple goals. But it was 
was a good game. I think you know TA played right up until the end. Gage Tarbox Blanger had a bunch of good saves, so it was a good game for TA. I think they have a lot to take out of it, both positive and negative. Like you know, they struggled a lot with icing. They were just throwing the puck out to mm-hmm. try to get it out, and that was an issue for them. And so you know, at at some point, you have to say a win is a win. You didn't get you know, it wasn't a four zero blowout like you wanted because you know St. John's has struggled, and but. Um, TA won, and St. Dom's is still looking for that first win, which is really surprising. I, I really mm-hmm. had n- – like, I've a- always heard of St. Dom's and thought they got a really good team. I know they've been to the state championship a lot. I, I used to go to the state championship, I think, a few years in a row. They played Biddeford, like, mm-hmm, every year. Right. And, and they beat Biddeford a couple times. So um, I knew it was it was going to be a good game no matter what. But I they've given TA a run for their money. But other teams, they can't, which is, right. makes no sense to me. But, yeah, it's know. interesting. Hockey could be that way. Again, if you don't have a great goalie sometimes or just one, one little piece isn't great – Cole, you're a self-proclaimed not big hockey fan, yeah. which is fine. I'm not a huge hockey fan either. I was in college because I went to BU, and you have to be a hockey <laughs> fan at BU because we didn't have football. <laughs> um, so talk about the fan experience because it seems like hockey games against off campus. It's like a 15-minute drive, whatever. And, and the game last night, or the game on on was it Wednesday started yeah. at 8:45, and the game tomorrow night, Saturday night, which we're broadcasting, is at nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Stay awake. Please. Well, I'm, I'm going to be the one staying awake for that one. So, but it seems like there's a lot of fans going to games. Now, again, when I was in high school, way back when, no one went to games. Even though our team was decent, we went to the Biddeford game and maybe Scarborough and that's it. But, like, it seems like it's a huge fan section. Why do you think that's happening? Do you think it's this, the fact that they're good or just the fact that the fan section through social media or whatever else is able to garner a lot of uh, attention? It's actually a really fun sp- – I've started to watch some Bruins games because the Bruins – uh, you know, hockey in general. I think it's really fun to watch, even if you don't understand the the sport. Just come to a game, and it's a really good atmosphere. Uh, you're so close to the ice, you can sit right along the boards. You know, and the and the student section seems to get the most rowdy for those games. And uh, I know when they score a goal, they go over and celebrate with with the student section. Um, I didn't realize till this year the popularity of going to hockey games, but I went to one. Um, it was a road game at USM, and it was really fun to watch. They got a win there. Yeah, you've seen a game, one of the games we broadcasted earlier, like Jack Emerson, some guys are going just crazy whenever we scored a yeah, goal. Yeah, that, that's the thing. They, like, this is the one thing I see, and I, unfortunately, they, they, you know, it is what it is, but you can talk to the refs. You can yell things, and yeah. they're not, yeah. no one's and really they hear it. Do, no one's really going to do anything about it. Like, you yeah. can't do that at a basketball game because, you know. Everyone you can know, see you. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, Gary yeah. Stevens, or, you know, someone <laughs> someone will say, hey, don't say that, all right? Your you, mom. You got to leave. Yeah. Yep, my mom. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's like the people enjoy going and just getting rowdy because it's a different kind of sport. It's it's something that's a lot more fast paced. So you know, yeah, I, I can see that because yeah. again, in college, like I had never been to a, barely any hockey games, but they became really cool because think about hockey and soccer too, as well as like it's not like basketball where there's something that something good that happens every you know thirty seconds to a minute where it's like yeah you cheer but you you kind of have like this kind of general small cheer but like when you score a goal you go crazy mm-hmm. I mean or a big yeah. hit or something so yeah. that 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 works so. Um, but yeah, if you haven't been over a game, check it out. Biddeford Ice Arena uh, tomorrow night, Saturday, is nine o'clock. Uh, who they're playing? So I originally thought it was Bangor. I think that's what it was on the sheet. But they're playing yep. Falmouth, which is going to be a big matchup okay, because it's the go. only loss they have this season. Gotcha. So. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, okay, uh, as far as other sports go, you know we have the swim team, we have cheering, we have track. We're going to try to get some of those sports covered here in the next few weeks with people coming in. Um, some competitions have been postponed and moved back, mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll get more of those. And unfortunately, like for swimming, nobody's allowed at those ga- at those games, not even yep. the parents, which is too bad. That's a UNE rule, unfortunately. Um, but we'll try to get some of those covered as well. All right, speaking of the Bruins, let's talk about the Bruins for a minute because the Patriots are done. We don't really need to talk about them. They stink. They're <laughs> terrible. They have no chance in the next few years. Uh, but let's talk about the Bruins because they're kind of the, the preeminent team right now. Tuka Rask, word association. 
Too old. If that, oh, I, I okay. Too okay. So if you listen to the broadcast last night, I had about a two-minute monologue about why I think Rask is not fit to continue to play. But it, it's hard right now to be a Bruins fan because we're sitting in this spot where every game we lose is putting us one more spot back from getting into the top three in the Atlantic Division. And like, he didn't play well. He, he did that 7-1. to one. He gave five goals. And I told you guys, I, I remember I told you, I said, that Willie O'Ree ceremony is going to be awesome. Yes. Everyone's going to enjoy it. It's going to be a big thing around the NHL. Everyone's going to feel it's like momentous. It's great. And then we're just going to get blown out. Like, <laughs> we did, did call that 100%. We, like, he just he couldn't make a save. And I, I, it frustrates me that Cat, Bruce Cassidy, the head coach, and John Sweeney, the general manager, they're like, oh, it's okay. It's just one game. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, how many more games are you going to say that right. until Rask is, you know, one and seven? And we aren't in a wild card spot anymore. So, and I'm a big Swayman fan. So it's more of a personal kind of thing that, that he's You're down offended in, that he's down in Providence. Yeah, but I've, you know, I, I'll stick with it. We'll probably not win a cup this year, and then in a few years we'll have to rebuild. So it, it's at fr- some point you're gonna have to rebuild because yeah, you can, I mean, kind of a little bit, but when you get Marshand and Bergeron, and all these guys that finally retire. Yeah, the the tougher this season gets, and I think adding Rass back into the picture makes it more of a. Um, like a farewell tour, I wouldn't be surprised if like uh, if we win the, if we were to win the cup, which I think is not going to happen. Rask, everybody retires. Bergeron, yeah. Marchand, even like guys like Craig Smith, who've been in yeah. the league with other teams for tons of years, would just say, you know what, this isn't going to continue to work. We just fought our way. You know, we probably played <laughs> most games. Probably go to game seven for playoffs. So, yeah. um, you know, See, it, yeah. it is what it is. He's back. No surprise there. Yeah. Worst kept secret in sports was Tuukka Rask coming back this year. Yeah. Celtics, uh, up and down season continues. They had a couple big wins. They beat the Bulls, then they lose the other night to the Hornets. What's going on with them? Like We, we saw this this trade the other day, which is basically a salary dump. They yeah. get two guys that aren't even playing this year because they're injured. What What's going on with them? Again, no one, I don't think anybody think around here thinks they're going to win a championship this year, but a lot of talk about trading – um, you know Jalen Brown or what do you do like what's what's what do you think I think when you have two dynamic playmakers like that you can't just let one of them go you got to build around them I don't think people are looking at the trade deadline because you know there's a 500 team if they get some pieces at the deadline maybe they can win a playoff series um, don't expect them to blow it up at the deadline that's not going to happen uh, they're looking to maybe trade Horford but I think they're going to end up dealing one of the young guys, maybe like Langford or Peyton Pritchard or somebody like that. Um, and they need a, a better big man, which is right. why they're they're looking to trade Horford. So I don't see them doing anything too, too crazy, and I still don't think that this team's good enough to win a playoff series. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, right now they're barely in the playoff picture anyway. What about as we sit right here, I'll go first. Uh, let's give our – you know, we're sitting here on January 21st, uh, our championship prediction. I'm going to go – See, I'm a little biased because I just saw last night. I'm going to go Jazz. Wow. Jazz losing to the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, I think, that, Brooklyn, that, gets, I think that, Brooklyn gets it together. I just no, – I don't know. No. I, th- I don't want that to happen, but I think it happens. That's my exact pick. I really? Was, I was going to say <laughs> the same thing. Sorry. I think no. the Jazz are going to be last year's Phoenix Suns. I think they're primed for a playoff run, and the Nets are just going to grind their way through the postseason. Um, I mean, Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA, and whether or not they have Kyrie, I think they can win a championship without Kyrie. No. I'm going to have to go uh, uh, Golden State and... No, no, not Chicago. Chicago's not too good enough for that. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go, have to go Golden State and Brooklyn, and I'm going to have to say... Golden State wins. Golden, I mean, that'd be a, that'd be a killer series. Like, yeah. I know right now Steph Curry's not playing like he, he used to because Clay's back, but whatever. But like, 
when he needs to hit a shot, he will hit a shot. And I think like that's just going to work through the playoffs with them. Yep. I, what I'm going to do today, though, I'm declaring the Lakers are done. And yeah. I've always been like, Lakers are going to go through. They're going to like, when they'll turn it on. I just don't think LeBron is it's, it's good enough anymore. Like, he's so great, but I don't think he has that, that in him to, to go. And I don't trust Anthony Davis to stay healthy either. Yeah, that, that's the issue. I think that um, Russell Westbrook wants to stay in, in he L.A. The day. Yeah, and yep. AD is not going to end up. Being playing healthy for the rest of his career, I think that's just the issue. But it's gonna be him. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Man, yeah. I like LeBron, not like on uh, on like a, he's my favorite player, but like he's just I like that he's really old and still playing at a okay. High he's younger than level. me. Okay, let's be careful. Really, he's really old in basketball years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay? really old in basketball. Okay, thank you. Yeah. But I just want to <laughs> add one thing to the Celtics. I actually believe that they're going to blow it up. I think they're going to trade Al Horford and Jalen Brown for Carl Anthony Towns. I'd be I, for that. By the way, I don't think you need two players who do pretty much the same thing. It's just it's it's the same thing with like Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. They both do the same thing. They drive to the net, they get dunks, they you know, not that great at three point shooters. Them both trying to do it at the same time doesn't get them any wins. I think when you hear the debates about Brown versus Tatum, whatever, it just seems so obvious that Tatum uh, Brown is the one that's more expendable just because he has some bad um you know, with Tatum it's more about, you know, with a killer instinct. Yeah. You know, like so some nights he doesn't seem to care that much. But with Brown, it's like there's sometimes he just doesn't pass the ball, like it, it, and it affects everybody else too. Yep. Whereas Tatum usually goes out, he'll pass the ball, he'll just have a bad shooting night, like he did the other night. But um, we'll see. I mean, it, I would love Carl Anthony Towns. I've been I've been a big fan of his, and just getting a, an actual dynamic big man. Not saying you got to go get Anthony Davis, but there are other guys out there that can. Yeah. You know, I always wanted uh, who's the guy from um, played for Detroit for a while, Jeremy Grant. No, no, before that, a couple years ago. I forget his name. Oh, Andre Drummond. Yeah, yeah, Drummond. I thought he would have been a perfect He's, he's now like a low-tier like, bench player for the Lakers or something. I know. I thought he would be, you know, back in when he was a prime five, six years ago. I'm like, that could be a guy to yeah. grow up with. But All right, moving on from the sports world as we're wrapping up here. It's it's really the doldrums of winter. It's been a cold month, not a ton of snow, but very cold. I want to want you to rank in order uh, the, the three best and worst – things about winter in terms of which one do you hate the most okay okay we have the snow the cold and the darkness okay so you you tell me number one would be your your least favorite part of winter and then your second favorite least and third favorite least so snow cold and darkness i'll go first i would say my most my least favorite thing is the darkness Mm -hmm. okay now it's getting a little bit better now it's almost dark at five o'clock but no i just hate that fact uh and then the second would definitely be the cold and the third is the snow now i hate snow blowing and and cleaning that up but um the cold is not, especially when it gets to be this kind of cold. And we're not talking 35, 40 degrees. We're talking, you know, I wake up and it's negative five yeah. wind chill. Yeah. That just doesn't feel great. I'm going to have to go cold as my least favorite because I really hate, as you said, waking up every morning and it just being the same temperature and going, I really wish, like, I could wake up today and not have to clean the ice off and the freezing ice off my car. And, right. And second has to be darkness. It, it doesn't play a factor for me. I, you know, it's hard when it gets dark earlier. I think right when you start to get into winter and um, it, it starts to change, you start to go, wow, it feels like, you know, feels like 9 or 10 p.m. It's only 6. And, but now I'm just used to it. And snow is the first because I love snow. You love snow days. Gives us snow days. Yeah. So <laughs> there's nothing really bad about snow. See, I'm not a skier, so snow doesn't do anything for me. I don't know why I didn't reckon number one bad, but anyway. All right, yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind snow. It's just there, and I ski, so that, that's good, too. So I definitely would not put snow as my least favorite. That's probably the best out of the three. <clears throat> I agree that darkness is the worst. It just I, – I think people are generally in a worse mood during winter, and yeah. that is mainly what contributes to it. If it's light out when you wake up in the morning, it puts you in a lot better mood. And uh, the cold, I mean, it's bad, but – 
it, I, I would say darkness. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Christmas time, whatever. It's like you want it to be dark because the Christmas yeah. lights are out, whatever. But then it gets to January. And again, thankfully, it's getting a little bit lighter out, but yeah. not great. Well, we only have like four more months of it, and then we'll be back. Because <laughs> the most uh, the most overrated month in the in the calendar is March. Everyone thinks, oh, March, it's spring. It's like, no, yeah, no, 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 it's not spring. It's still gross, and it can still snow yep. a lot. All right, streaming schedule coming up. Again, uh, the two coming up this weekend. Well, tonight's the Hoops for Hope. Uh, it's a quadruple header, so come on out anytime. But we're uh, live streaming the girls' game at 6.30 and the boys at 7 – or 8 o'clock, excuse me. They're playing Gorham. And then Saturday night will be 9 o'clock at Valdez. the Biddeford Ice Arena against Woo-hoo. Falmouth, which should be a good game. We'll be excited for that and nice and cold. I'm guessing uh, we'll be uh, leaving Biddeford Ice Arena at 11.30. That's my guess. 11.30, God. Okay. It took us the, we, the sleeping game, in on Sunday. The game started at 9 last night. I don't think we got out till. And 45 or 11. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's going to be it's gonna be a close one. All right. Anything else, guys, on nope. this Friday? All right. Well, thanks very much for joining us, and we'll see you next week on Trojan Talks.